Or if you, you read your Bible through your phone or you have a tablet, we're in Mark chapter 4 again today, right? Mark chapter 4. So turn with me to Mark chapter 4. Um, I was reading this story. A man was shipwrecked and he was, uh, uh, he was marooned on a remote island without any way to find him like on a map. But after seven long years, he was located and then rescued. This isn't Castaway, the movie, okay? It's this story here. As he climbed into the rescue boat, the curious rescuers noticed three grass huts. We thought you were alone, they said. He said, I am, the man said. Then why are there three huts? They asked him, and the man replied, well, the first hut is my home, and the second hut is my church. They said, well, what about the third hut? Well, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> Has nothing to do with our message today. I just thought it was a good, funny story. Um, but in Mark chapter 4, we're going to look at the ground that Jesus described that had thorns. In fact, here's what Jesus looks at. Jesus will say that I, in fact, point at somebody. Oh, no, point at yourself, right? I am one of four soils. I'm either the soil where Satan comes to steal the word, also that soil of hardness of heart, or I'm the stony ground that there's some dirt on it. We looked at that last week. Or the one with thorns or the good ground, right? So Jesus is saying, I'm only one of four, one of four. Well, I'm going to pick this up. Mark chapter 4. Let me read the one verse in verse 7 that is the parable, the story that he tells to everyone. And he said, and some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop. Look at verse uh, 9. And he said to them, he who has ears to hear let him hear. We're going to see that a lot, especially in this parable, the explanation after. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Well, let me pick this up in verse, um, we go down and we pick this up in verse 11 or 10. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables so that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables the sower sows? The word, verse 18 and 19. Now he's explaining this. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So, Father, as we read these scriptures today, I pray that we have first ears to hear and hearts to receive. 
Let us be that good ground today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. It's interesting what Jesus talks about. In fact, we read this. Number one, we read the sower, right? The example of Jesus. Jesus is the sower. He's sowing the word. But now what he's dependent on is the ground that the seed lands on. In fact, we were reading this verse in Mark chapter 1, uh, verse 15, where Jesus said this early in his ministry. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in his words. So these soils or these hearts have different reactions to the exact same gospel. Well, I was reading this. In fact, the Apostle Paul says this. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 through 3. Listen to how he explains this. He says, I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. How many of you growing up, somebody called you a baby? That was fighting words. You baby. Anybody ever get told that? You thought, all right, that did something. The Apostle Paul said, I, I couldn't talk to you. You were carnal. You were also babies, right? Babies in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you're still not able. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, you are not carnal or, or are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? The Apostle Paul writing to the Christian church. So many times we remember as we come before the Lord, as we listen to the gospel, Jesus would refer to the childlike faith. You know, those of us that have gone through that, the season of the kids when they were on, just on milk, right? Milk, 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 milk. And then the minute you did rice formula, they'd sleep better through the night. And then, you know, you go to the jar of peas, right? Pop that thing open and you stick peas in their mouth and they, then they go, <coughs> right? They spit that thing out. They don't want anything. But you kind of find out what they like to eat. And the minute you try ice cream, it's like they're a little like, like their life changed, right? They, they saw this whole thing of ice cream. Well, the Apostle Paul says, remember, I, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people. So what Jesus was saying even to this big crowd, some weren't only listening to the parable. Some he was pulling in, which we read were the others. But Jesus says, I am one of these four soils. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. In fact, the beginning part says, you will know them by their fruits. Right? You will know them by your fruits. So we know the sower is doing his job. We know that the seed is doing its job. So the question really comes to us, are we doing our part or are we taken away by distractions? Thorns. My first year playing football, um, and for what, what, I was at a Christian school, so they, at the time they were not allowed to call it Hell Week, which is kind of interesting that you couldn't say hell at a Christian school, they called it Pride Week. And the mornings were all about like trying to wear you down to nothing, right? We're just going to wear you out. There's no football anywhere. We're just going to run, run, run. And they would do stations. One of the stations that we did was up-downs. 
And what an up-down was, if you didn't know about it, um, the coach would blow the whistle, you'd run in place, he'd blow the whistle, you'd hit the ground on your belly, jump back up, and run in place. Well, you know, you could do that for a couple minutes, that's not a big deal, but 15 minutes later, you can't get off the ground, right? You're laying on the ground. But our coach chose to do the up-downs in a place that had thorns. And I guarantee he did it on purpose. I mean, the minute, the first time you hit down, it's like, Ah, right? You're trying, to, you know, you're trying to run and you're trying to pick out these thorns. They're in your knees. And of course, some kid's going to say it, right? Coach, there's thorns right here in the grass. Can we move? And you know what the coach does, right? Adds on more up-downs. But the thorns, many of us, you know, we don't see that a lot in different grasses. But how many of you have walked barefoot across a grass and you stepped on a thorn? Oh, that feeling that it gets. Well, here's what we find with this ground. The thorns or the thorn bushes, they were not removed when the seed hit. They weren't removed. So the seed now, this plant is going to grow up with thorns. But the problem is what we read and what Jesus said, this, these thorns are going to choke out the seed. That's why what's important for uh, when we read this like the Apostle Paul's words that we remember, right, that we're growing daily in the Lord. We don't stop and we plateau. If you feel like you've plateaued, don't plateau. Keep grow, growing in him. Keep growing in him because Jesus says these. Let me read this again. Mark chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. In fact, um, the Century English Bible says it this way. Let me read this to you. Others are like the seeds scattered among the thorny plants. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of this life. The false appeal of wealth and the desire for more things break in and choke the word and it bears no fruit. Nobody ever had to teach us about the cares of the world. Nobody ever had to teach us or instruct us about deceitfulness of riches. Nobody ever had to teach us about the desire for other things. It was that sin nature that came with the fall, right? It was in us. Now, what Jesus is wanting to do is uproot those thorns so that that seed of the word of God can grow. In fact, here's what's sad. Jesus is saying this. If your heart is crowded with thorns, the word of God cannot compete. That's strong, right? We read the word of God does not return to itself void. We read that the grass will wither and the flower will fade, but the word of God will stand and last forever. But in the midst of a thorny heart, it can, the word of God cannot compete. It gets choked. It's interesting these days, and I, um, when we used to live in North Carolina, they had the Bass Pro Shop. Anybody been in a Bass Pro Shop? You know, there is one. I think it's in Rancho Cucamonga. It's amazing when you go in and if any fisher men or women here, people who like to fish a little bit. Okay, just a couple. 
you go in and you look at fishing lures, have you ever seen how many there are? There's like thousands of them. Some are shiny and sparkly. Some spin around. You know, I, I've even seen the ones like they have ones that look like little ducks. They have ones that look like rats. You know, I wonder if they're just messing with you to try to get you to buy it. But every lure has been tested on something. And it's interesting, those shiny things, the twirly things, the loud things, the ones that flop on top of the water attract the fish and the fish can't resist it. And the fish goes as fast as it can and bites on that hook and they're caught. It's interesting, well, in the days that we're living, it's the exact same thing that the world throws out, shiny, sparkly. And yet Jesus mentions there's really three things that happens. There's the cares of the world, there's the deceitfulness of riches, and there's the lust for other things that come in and choke the word. So I thought of this. Thorns really are the things that I'm not repenting from. And then stepping over and getting into what Jesus said and lived. So what do thorns do? They only hurt you. They only hurt everybody around you. And that's why Jesus knows and believes and he's seen it. We've seen it that his word will change us. Right. It will change us. So the ground has the ability to bear fruit, but it's full of thorns. So let me throw up these four. Really, there's like these four words. So we read the cares of the world. Cares is the anxiety of this world, right? People are afraid. We look at, you know, different situations that are going on. You read different headlines. Cares are the anxiety, the pressure, the worries of this world. Second thing Jesus mentions is deceitfulness. And it's interesting, the Greek translation is the word delusion and deceiving. There's a delusion. You know, uh, maybe a magician calls it smoke and mirrors. There's a delusion that's out there of what the world presents. And then he mentions desires, which the Greek word comes out lust, a craving, and a desire for what is forbidden. That's actually out of the Greek. Well, what does that remind us of? Genesis chapter 3. What did Adam and Eve desire above all things? The fruit. You know, I've had people tell me before, they'll say, uh, you know, I struggle in the area of, of eating. When I drive by Krispy Kreme and the hot now lights on, right, pull right in, and it's not one dozen, it's whatever. That craving that's there. Uh, I've prayed for men before that will say, you know, when I drive on this freeway and I see this billboard, I, I just, you know, if I'm thinking, I drive on that freeway, I haven't seen that billboard. What it is, it's a strip club. And every time I see it, right, I get off and I get drawn. I'm like, I'm thinking, I never saw that billboard. But it was something on the inside. Interesting, right, that desire. Now, there's desire, that word is for good, right? It's for good, but notice the deception that it takes you the wrong way. And then we read that last word, to choke, is to strangle or drown. Has anybody almost drowned before, whether a pool, ocean? Anybody remember being in a wave that you felt like you couldn't get up or you were younger and in a pool and people on top of you? What was that feeling like? I remember being in an ocean thinking I couldn't get up out of, out of this wave. But that's the example of that. 
It's interesting, though, uh, certain worship songs will sing, right? You're all I want. You're all I ever needed. Hot now lights on. <laughs> we'll sing that. You're all I want. You're all I need. But we don't live it. Jesus is wanting to remind us that we live these things. Matthew chapter 6, 24 says that no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We looked at that verse when we went through uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is reminding us, you can't serve both. We're getting an example of the thorns. These thorns, you can't have both. You've got to put them in the godly order. The godly order. Uh, Solomon said this in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10. He said, he who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. Right? It's never enough. It's never enough. You ever notice you, you see something, you see a shirt, and I'm not one to, or any, and, and it's on sale. And I just have to have it. And you wear it once, and then you think, I need another shirt. Right? It's, it's interesting how we get wired because that's that sin nature of those cravings of always desiring something, but it's out of alignment, how God created it. In fact, let me turn to 1 John chapter 2. It's interesting that John will say this. I don't think we have this on the screen. I was reading this earlier just before the service. 1 John chapter 2, right before the book of Revelation. And I'm going to read verse 15, uh, 15 through 17. Here's what John says. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let me read that again because it says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world. Listen to what he says. All that is in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not the Father, but it is of the world. And this world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. You'll notice this in the scripture. We'll look at a couple more. God does not say don't own a home. God does not say don't own a car. God does not say don't own clothes or a purse or a watch. He's not saying any of that at all. But when it comes before him or there's a desire for those things it remember always have that image of that thorn because it will choke out God's word so putting my faith even in money and things chokes out my faith in God my faith has to be in God alone God alone because he's your provider in fact, let me read a couple other verses here. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 10. And Paul writes this. Now godliness with contentment 
is great gain. There's a great example. Godliness with contentment. I've told you the stories that I would take my son whenever, you know, maybe he cleaned up a room or got a good grade when he was really young. The, um, the prize was going to the dollar store. And he could pick out any toy you want. I mean, go for it, right? You get one toy, any toy you want. Well, you know, they're only a buck. And it was always interesting that that thing usually broke in the car on the way home, right? Just broke. So that was kind of the reward. Well, then, as he got older, he discovered Toys R Us, right? Oh, remember, does anybody remember Toys R Us? I know a lot of the Toys R Us, you know, warehouse of toys, toys, toys. And then sometimes he would say things like, hey, Dad, can we go to Toys R Us? No, we're not going to go to Toys R Us. Please, can we go to Toys R Us? I don't want any. I don't need anything. Okay, let's go to Toys R Us. So we go to Toys R Us. Sure enough, right, one of the aisles, he sees something, and I wouldn't call it a meltdown, but it was definitely something you could see, right? You can't get that little, you know, I can't get Batman today. You know, he walks in all upset. And so he would do that. Dad, can you take me to Toys R Us? We'll just look. We'll just look. Okay, we'll just look. And I can hear Michelle. You know what's going to happen. You take him into Toys R Us. He's not. no, Dad, we're just going to look. I promise we're just going to look. We go into Toys R Us. He's looking. Looks like we're doing pretty good. We go down one aisle, and then he sees whatever. (gasps) Dad, I know I said I just wanted to look. But, you know, my birthday's in nine months. And if I could just have this, you know, right, need a birthday. Well, all of you know, right, that's like, and sure enough, it's your fault. Right, it's your fault. You had to take him in there. Now, that's in the mindset of, of a child, but how many of us do those very same things? Uh, I'll tease my daughter and son-in-law. They, they've recently moved in with us preparing to get a house, and um, I think there's packages that show up on my doorstep like all day. I was like, you guys work that guy. I mean, you should do something for the guy. There's, you know, there's always some type of package or this or that. But how many of you know that's also an enticement? It's easy to order things nowadays. You don't have to go anywhere. And that can become something. But we've got to put those things. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Well, he goes on. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. I uh, was involved with a uh, memorial service last Saturday in the graveside on Monday. And what's always difficult in a family, when there are different days like that, the reactions of families are different because I think the memorial, um, though it had a lot more people, and they did some worship, it was a better feeling than being at the graveside and looking at a casket. Then it hit the family. And you know, even before I got up there, I always use that verse now about Solomon said, it's better to go to funerals than to parties. And you think, what? No, no, you read that wrong. It's better to go to parties than to know. It's better to go to funerals and parties, to gather wisdom from that. So here we are at a gravesite. There's no boat sitting next to the casket, right? There's no clothes. There's no jewelry, there's no watches, there's no, no things. You know what's there? Family, friends. And so when we read these things, you brought nothing. When you were born, however it was, you were hatched or cesarean, however it is you came, you didn't have anything with you. You didn't have your favorite toy already. 
you didn't have anything. And we're reminded, Paul says, you leave with nothing. He says, having food and clothing and these things, uh, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Notice what it says. Money isn't evil, but money, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and perceived themselves through with many sorrows. The example we also get in Jesus' day was the rich young ruler who came to Jesus with a question about uh, salvation. And in Mark chapter 10, he left sad because he couldn't do, right? He had many possessions. He was sad. He could not do what Jesus said. Why? He was hooked. He was hooked. And these type of things are going to be battles that we're going to go through our entire life. That's why Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel. Right? These type of things are going to come. We have to bring these things into alignment with the Lord. Let me read this uh, last verse and we'll go into our time of communion. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 through 13. Listen to the Apostle Paul's world, word. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. That, that word abased means live humbly. And I know how to abound. That means to live in prosperity. I know how to live abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. Here's where we read the verse that we think of all the time, especially out of the you know, uh, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Has anybody ever here been hungry before? Anybody have kids that would say, Dad, I'm starving. I'm starving. I'm saying you're not starving, right? You're not, don't use that word. You're not, you're not starving. Paul says, I've lived humbly. I've also lived where I, I've abound. Notice in, in any situation, he goes back to the verse that we'll quote a lot. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Interesting, even those that don't have anything and may not look like they have anything have that desire that they desire and want something. You know, we notice that with our younger generation in the social media that um, it's just blasted out there. We've got 17, 18, 19-year-olds that are multi-millionaires for just doing videos of themselves. And that can become such a hook that you don't have what somebody else has. The Apostle Paul gives us that one example. I have learned both, and I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So bow your heads if you would with me. In fact, I'm going to have our worship team slip up here. So when Jesus 
says that those thorny plants, which are the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust for other things, choke the word. After reading and hearing Jesus' words, what do I need to put in place and adjust in my heart to make a change? Father, I pray today in every heart, this is something that sometimes can come back over and over, cares and worries, deceitfulness of riches, lust for other things, but today, Father, we surrender and submit those things to you, Jesus. As Paul said, we crucify this flesh. As, as the Apostle Paul even mentioned before, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In fact, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is that opportunity even before we go into a time of communion to do so. In fact, I want all of us to pray this prayer, but if you've never said that before, would you pray this from your heart? And we get this out of Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Everybody pray this after me. Ready? Dear Lord Jesus, I open the door of my heart I say that I am sorry for my sin, and I choose today to follow you. And today, I make you the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. In fact, if you prayed that today, please connect with us after service. But let me read. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In fact, if you have your communion there, it's always good to kind of start now to try to unpeel that. I know it can be a little bit tricky. And so we read these words from the Apostle Paul that Jesus gave him insight into a time of communion. And he said, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. 
But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not condemn, be condemned with the world. So as we come today and we take our, our bread out, let's each take just a minute. We think of even our message today, the thorns. Let's individually judge ourselves. What area in our life needs that? Not just an alignment, needs a surrender to the Lord Jesus and his word. That we trust not in cares, in riches, in desires for other things, but we trust in Jesus. And as we take our bread and we break it today, we thank you that nature was broken, is forgiven, and we receive of the broken body and the healing of Jesus in our lives today. Let's receive that together. As we take the cup, we remember today that Jesus' blood was shed for us, for our forgiveness of sins. That we're washed because of his blood. In fact, even when uh, I had told Eric in between, it's interesting even sometimes the worship songs really had a lot to do with words like my story. Because there's a story that the Lord has over us and about us. But the two things we read in the book of the Revelation that made them overcomers was the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So we come under his blood today and his covenant, and let's receive that together. Stand with us. We're going to close with this song.